we, we looked at the very first week, what happens immediately after you die. And I think that's really interesting. This, is, this will be your experience immediately after you die. Uh, what does the Bible say about hell? That was the second week. That was the most painful week of the series. Honestly, it was very, very difficult to dig in. You know, you just don't, don't even want to go there. And uh, last week we talked about what heaven will look like. That is going to be pretty awesome. I, I hope you're excited about that. Uh, are you excited about heaven? Anybody excited about heaven? I'm excited about it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but we said that what you believe, it's kind of the point of the series, what you believe about death and eternity will affect how you live today. That's really the point of the series. It will affect how you live your life today. You know, if, if I were Satan, I would try to, I would try to confuse people. <laughs> I, I would try to confuse people and, and mess up their thinking and persuade them that none of this mattered because if I, if I could confuse people, there might be no fear of God on the earth. Uh, and you know, I suspect there is very little fear of God on the earth today. The word reverence, we've... <laughs> kind of lost. Uh, pastors used to be known as reverend. Uh, I, I sign wedding licenses that way. That makes it clear I'm official and all of that sort of thing. And somebody saw my signature on a wedding license and said, you're a reverend? Said, yeah. <laughs> we just forgot all about, you know, uh, I, I think if I was Satan, I'd try to convince people none of this stuff of, of life after death was real, and then there'd be no reverence for God. There, there would also be no, no motivation for us to share our faith, I'm afraid. No motivation whatsoever. Uh, and, and I think if I was Satan, I would try to get people to treasure earth and treasure their time on earth and treasure the things of the earth. I would only be happy if people say I had this car or I had this house or I had these jewels or I had this much in my 401k. I'd only be happy if it was a 401k instead of a 201k. You know, you know. I'd only be happy. And, and if I was Satan, I'd try to get people to treasure those things of earth. And in fact, I want to say to you quite simply, we've been worked over. <laughs> we have been worked over. Um, so I'm going to be answering common questions people ask about, about heaven. I can't answer all the questions. Uh, and, and I want you to know there's been some people who have been trying to influence my answers. Okay, Even this morning, I've received pressure about the answers that I will give. So um, you, you'll, you'll know more about that in a second. But I want to say to you, if the Bible speaks to a topic directly, I'm just going to share directly what the Bible says, and I think that'll be really simple. Some topics about heaven, though, are kind of not real clear, and yet there's some principles we find in Scripture that may give us some direction. I'll give you those. Some things are just not clear at all. And if, if, we, if we get to a question like that, I'll just say, you know, I, I don't really know the answer, and then I'll tell you what I think. And fourth, these are, these are little rules... Um, as, as we answer the question, the fourth little thing to think about is this. It's okay if you don't agree with me, okay? You can be wrong if you want to be. It's fine with me. 
Or, or let me be wrong if I am, okay? It's, you know, you don't have to agree. God is not disturbed by that. But, but the first question is the most controversial question, and it's the one I've been given the most grief over. And it's the question, <laughs> will there be pets in heaven? And they've even provided me with a pet puppy to help me answer the question. Is this pressure or what? I mean, will there be, will there be pets in heaven? People just, just want to know. Uh, my answer is really kind of simple. The answer is, it depends. Are you talking about cats or are you talking about dogs? Okay. I mean, it, it, it really, you know, I've told a number of cat jokes as the years go by and, and I've received all kinds of interesting feedback about that, some of it with a certain amount of passion. And I will tell you that we actually have cats in our home, as much as that might seem hard to believe. Just as evidence of that, I went ahead, and we've got a picture of a cat, I think. Yes, this is Jack the Golden Retriever. He's called that because he comes when, he, when he's called, but Jack has some very bad habits. He can't decide if he's an indoor cat or an outdoor cat. So he wants in and out, in and out. And, and he wants in and out all through the night. Yes. The, the other part of that that's bad is because he can't decide if he's an indoor cat or an outdoor cat, he has to come in to eat. And he has to come in the house to use the litter box. Isn't that amazing? He can't go outside. That's Jack the cat. You can see why I love him so much. Second cat. <clears throat> this is Chloe. Doesn't she look weak and wimpy? I don't like her because she looks needy. It drives me crazy. I deal with needy people. I don't need a needy cat. Amen? I mean, now here's what she does. Jack comes into the house. He looks at her and she starts snarling. <laughs> And I, I mean, ever heard a cat scream? I mean, right in the middle of the night when Jack's in the house and there, there's a cat fight or disagreement. You can see my problem with the cat in general. But anyway, I, I realize pets are a, a gift from God. And we've had pets. We've had fish and turtles and rabbits and dogs and cats. And I realize we love our pets pets and how many do you think there are pets in heaven raise your hand if you think that how many of you think there are not pets in heaven raise your hand okay how many of you were afraid to lift your hand up okay yeah that was yeah I don't blame you a bit as as well you you probably you probably should be you know for those of you who think there are pets in heaven um I, I'm just kind of curious what the criteria for a pet being in heaven would be is it is it if the dog doesn't like have seven peeing accidents at the first at six accidents he's okay he's going to be in heaven but if he hits number seven he's you know uh, is is that the uh, criteria you know um, I don't know amount of accidents it's interesting since cats can't believe in Jesus and dogs can't believe in Jesus though somebody told me this morning they led their dog to Christ which I thought was just fantastic if you you might try that this afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that they, they would necessarily be in heaven, but, but maybe there is a cat heaven. And a, you know, I, I'd like to think fuzzy, cute animals would be in. Tarantulas, no thank you. Snakes, let's, you know, 
But, but if they got hair and they're cute like cats and dogs and rabbits, then why, why not? But what I want you to know is what we do know. And that is when God made us in his image. I love this. You ought to read this in Genesis, the creation story. We are different than all the animals. God makes, made us in his image and he breathed in us the breath of life. We became a living soul, a spiritual being. We know that animals are not spiritual beings, honestly. Uh, but we know that if they're not spiritual beings, how can they have a spiritual life? Uh, we also know that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can a dog or cat call on the name of the Lord? I, I don't know. Um, but we know that if it's going to be in heaven for us, maybe we need there to be a puppy in heaven for it to be heaven for us. I don't know. My mother told me that she would leave our church if I said pets were not going to be in heaven. I just So that's what I'm saying. Pressure. But, you know, as much as the Bible doesn't really answer the question, it, we do know there are some animals in heaven. It says in Isaiah 11, uh, 16, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. Revelation 19, Jesus is going to ride in to the new Jerusalem. He's going to ride in on a horse. We know those animals are there. Okay. I actually think there's going to be pets in heaven, okay? Can I live? <laughs> Thank you. Second question. I got through that. Should a Christian be cremated? People wonder, should a Christian be cremated? You ever wonder about that? Uh, in the early church, Christians were not cremated. It was kind of against the rules, and it was because cremation was a pagan ritual. And the idea was Christians were supposed to be different than people that participated in those kind of rituals, but we know of cremation not today as a pagan ritual. Uh, we, we know, in fact, uh, that, that for centuries, people have been persecuted for their faith. This is so hard to even imagine. They've been put up on a stake and burned alive. If we believe that people who have died in fire can't be in heaven, then I don't know what would happen to those persecuted or those who died in house fires. Uh, or, or, you know, maybe you think that this you're supposed to be buried and put in a traditional cemetery as opposed to being put in a little vase and hanging out on your, your wife's dresser, you know. Uh, can, should a Christian be cremated? You know, it says in Genesis 3, Chapter 3, verse 5, simply this. From dust you are, and to dust you will return. That's part of the curse. The wages of sin is our body will be dust. I'm absolutely convinced if when Jesus returns, if he can resurrect a dead body out of a grave, he can resurrect ashes or whatever, aren't you? You know, I, I, I guess... I guess I think, can a, should a Christian be cremated? I guess it's up to the, to the Christian. The next question, well, I, I actually had another question come to me yesterday that I didn't even give you notes about. And, and, and the question came clear to me as I, was, uh, as I was running yesterday. It's amazing the insight that you get when you're running. Uh, I, I was... Well, I'll tell you first, I have not had flour or sugar in two weeks. 
okay? And, and, and there's a reason for that. I'm trying to kind of clear out the junk in my and, and it's, it's good, you know? And, and yet yesterday I was running in the Giardelli Chocolate Run. Did you know there was a race named after chocolate? Did you know that? How many of you would run that race? I mean, you can even walk it. It's still, uh, yesterday I was running in this Giardelli Chocolate Run. I ran the 9.3 mile version of it. And, and I got to the end, and they give you all the free chocolate they can give you. And as I was racing, I was wondering, will there be chocolate in heaven? Um, and, and I will tell you, I'm not sure if it would be good if there was or not, because I got to the end, you get all the free chocolate, and of course I've not had flour or sugar in two weeks, and I'm like, well, shoot, I just ran off a thousand calories, so I'm going to have some, and I took one piece and then another and then another and then there was this chocolate fondue thing I kid you not a blob of melted chocolate this much you were given and you could dip stuff in it and eat it and then I had that and then there was a hot chocolate and I started to sip on that and I thought something is not going on well in my stomach this is this is not cool and it wasn't cool for a couple hours and I'm thinking should there I don't know Anyway, I, <laughs> but it's related to the next question in a way, and it is this. Will people be married or have sex in, in heaven? Um, I wanted to show you a picture of, of my wife. That is her and her first husband. Um, okay, that's me, but people don't believe that's actually me, so I might just as well say it's her first husband. But that, that's me, and that was 28 years ago. She doesn't look any different, does she? And, and I'm still as crazy about her today as I was 28 years ago. I just, I cannot imagine life without, without her. I mean, 28 years. How many of you are crazy about your spouse? You just, if, if you're sitting next to your spouse, you better raise your hand. How many are, <sighs> yeah. I, I have a great wife. I'm just mad, mad about her. And so the question, as much as I would like to say yes, Jesus says in Matthew 22, 30, at the resurrection, people will neither, do you see this, marry nor be given in marriage. And I've thought a lot about that. <laughs> and why would that be? <laughs> There's a woman who, uh, I, I was her pastor uh, when I lived up in the Canadian Lakes area years ago. She was on her fourth husband. She killed off the other three. No, actually. Actually, they died of natural causes. But she was a woman who just liked to be married, and she was a great lady and just had love to share. And she just always seemed to find another one fairly quickly. And wouldn't it be complicated if there was marriage in heaven? Which husband would she live with? I mean, how would that work? It would be complex. Uh, so I, I really think there's probably not marriage in heaven, but I know that we're going to be given mansions and all that, and I don't know if you can have roommates or not, but my request will be that my, my wife be my roommate in heaven, or at least my next door neighbor. What do you think about that? I mean, because I, I, I love her, but, uh, and, and then people ask, will there be sex in heaven? Well, I suspect if there's not marriage, there's not sex, and I see you guys look really pained out there. There are counselors uh, who will be waiting after the service if you need them. But I, 
I don't think there would be, but I will say this. If you're married, uh, there's obviously only one solution. <laughs> Take care of this activity all you can before you get there, okay? That's the only solution, obviously. There's the only answer to the question. If you're married, and the guys are applauding, and the women are like, what did he just say? And, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, but people want to know these things, so... Uh, a lot of people want to know, too, should we try to contact the dead? Now, when I was a kid, there were a lot of funny little things we did. You know, we, we, we actually, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, we had seances, sort of. You know, we did all, did any of you do that when you were a kid? We, you know, my mother got us a Ouija board for Christmas one year because it was actually sold in the game section, you know, uh, should we try to contact the dead? It brings up a whole bunch of other questions like uh, witchcraft. Is that okay? Spells, are they okay? Uh, tarot cards, 900 numbers, palm readers. Is it just innocent fun or is it, is it really, really dangerous? And, and it seems like just innocent fun and maybe that's part of Satan's game with us. But look what it says in Deuteronomy 18, 10, 11, and 12. Let no, let no one be found among you who practices divination or sorcery or interprets omens or engages in witchcrafts or casts spells or is a medium or a spiritualist or consults the dead. Any who do these things is detestable to the Lord. It might seem cute, but it is dangerous. <laughs> Years ago, I... I uh, was part of a group who was organizing a, a big event for teenagers to come. And, and the event was, we were talking about Satanism, actually. That was the topic. Kids wanted to uh, learn about the dangers of it. And the speaker that we got was actually a speaker who was a counselor for adolescents at Pine Rest. And he talked about all the kids who were sucked into this stuff and their lives were just torn to pieces. It's really not funny. It really isn't funny at all. Next question is a painful question I wish I did not have to answer. Can a person who commits suicide go to heaven? I know you've wondered about that. Uh, and if I ask you, have you been affected by su suicide in your family or a friend? My suspicion is almost every one of you would say, yeah, you've known someone who has taken their life. And it's, it's very painful. Do you know in America there are one million suicide attempts a year? Did you know that? That's twice as many as there was 10 years ago. What does that say to us? People are in pain. <laughs> They're in pain. You know, one in 15 succeed. One in 15 succeed. Interesting number. 90% who, who live through the attempt say that, that had they waited 24 hours, they would not have tried it. Isn't that amazing? If they just had held on. Best definition I've heard of suicide is, a per, is that it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that's what it is. It's... It's permanent. People want to know, can a person who commits suicide 
go to heaven. Well, what I want you to know is there's actually seven examples of suicide in the Bible. Uh, you've, you've probably um, heard of them. You know, Saul, King Saul, fell on his sword when he thought his kingdom was going to be taken from him. Um, Samson was this huge guy with these enormous muscles, and he was being imprisoned. And, and in fact, he was, he was chained to some pillars in a building, and God gave him his strength back, and he knocked the pillars off, uh, off, off the floor, and the building caved in, taking both his life and the lives of those who were there. But the most famous suicide of all is Judas, who betrayed Jesus and just couldn't live with himself. You all know that story. There are seven incidences of suicide in the Bible. What I want you to know is there is not one verse in Scripture that says if a person who commits or a person who commits suicide will not be in heaven. There's not one verse, not one. I mean, when I was a kid, I was told that you you if you died if you committed suicide, when you died you would be in hell forever. That's what I was told, and. There's part of me that would like to continue that thought because it would discourage people from harming themselves. And, and, and the Bible doesn't give it any verses, but it gives principles. first principle maybe is murder is sin. Suicide is murdering yourself. That's, that's sin. That's clear. Is there an unforgivable sin in Scripture? There is an unforgivable sin. You know what it is? It's called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is rejecting the one the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us to, who is Jesus himself. If you reject Jesus, it's not forgivable because it's the gift that God gives. And if you say, I won't take that gift, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How can you swim in the forgiveness of God if you, if you turn it down? That's what free will is. If, if you're depressed, if you're discouraged, and you're contemplating suicide, I, I, I hope you would call me, you know. <laughs> you call the answering machine, and my cell phone number is on the answering machine. Why is that? Because I want you to call me. I don't care what time of day or night it is. Call me. Call someone. Uh, if you're really depressed, please, please connect. I've done three funerals over the years for people who've taken their lives. That was three too many. It just leaves families absolutely devastated. One of the the funerals was a guy who was 82. I'd actually met him a few times. His daughter was a member of my church. She was 60. (laughs) He was well known in the community. One day he went into the local grocery store and I think he probably got a little confused and he went in and he got picked something up off a shelf and he just walked out without paying for it. The owner of the store called the police. The police came, charged him. He was going to have to go to court. He just couldn't live with it. His family didn't even know that it happened. 82 years old. What a horrible thing. What a horrible, horrible thing. If, if you're in a spot like that or you know somebody who is, please call for help, okay? You know, here's what Paul says. Can a person who commits suicide go to heaven? Romans 
chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That sin isn't any greater than the others. No condemnation. I mean, I think that's, that's the good news, but please, you know, don't go there. Number six, will we remember our lives when we're in, when we're in heaven, our earthly lives? Uh, we wonder. I, I love my family. I want to remember them. Maybe there's some stuff I don't want to remember. I bet you have some stuff like that. But I love my family, and I want to remember them. And, and, and I love you folks, and I want to remember you. And, you know, so many things we'd want to remember, so many things we would want to forget. Well, will we, we remember when we're in heaven? I want you to know the Bible is not, is not super direct about this. But some people think we won't remember our lives on earth when we're in heaven. And they think that because of verses like Isaiah 65, 17. Behold, I will create a new heaven and a new earth, the former things, it says, will not be remembered. But, of course, we don't really know what they're talking about in regard to the former things. Are they talking about the law? The law will be no more. We'll just love God. Is that what won't be remembered? Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we are told that when we, when we go to heaven as, as Christians, we will, be, we will be judged, not in regard to our eternity. Jesus took care of that. We've given our life to him. But as far as the works of our life will be, will be evaluated for reward. If the works of our life are evaluated, won't we remember the works of our life? Will we remember our life on earth? Another place, he, it says, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Uh, honestly, we will not have tears in our eyes if we couldn't remember those painful things of yesterday. Will we remember our life? I, I, think, I think we will, you know. Uh, I think the biblical answer is yes. Uh, seventh question, can people in heaven see what's happening on earth? You've, you've heard people say, Grandma died, she's now watching over us. Have you, have you said that? Have we, haven't we all said that? You know? <laughs> and, and for some, that, that's, that's, that's a comfort. But I got to tell you, there are some things I'm not so sure we want Grandma watching. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can people in heaven see what's happening on earth? People say, well, verses like Hebrews 12 are a clear indication. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. The question is, what are they witnessing? Are they witnessing heaven or are they witnessing earth? I, I don't know. Luke, in Luke 16, there's the story of Lazarus and the rich guy. The rich guy could remember his five brothers, but he didn't know what they were doing at the time. Uh, do we see what's going on? I don't think I can answer that definitively, but I got to tell you, if we were in heaven and could see what was going on on earth, it could be awfully painful, you know, it could be awfully painful. I certainly don't think God wants us in that kind of pain. Last question, honestly, this really is the most controversial question, and it is simply this. You've heard it. Is there more than one way to get to heaven? <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
that's the most offensive statement in, in Christianity, maybe the most offensive statement in the history of the world as far as people are concerned. <laughs> Is there more than one way to heaven? You know, 20 years ago, it wasn't PC to talk about God. You couldn't talk about God. Maybe you don't even remember that. Today, everybody's talking about God. Mention the name Jesus, though, the conversation ends. The conversation gets cold. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is the only one who claims he is the exclusive way to God. Uh, but more and more people are thinking that's not a politically correct statement, and it's not true, and it must not be true. And you know what? In the churches in America today, 57% of people believe you can get to God in many different ways. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I wonder how in the world did we get there? Is there more than one way to get to heaven? And, and here's my theory. We now live in a postmodern culture. I don't know if you've heard those terms or not. Uh, in our postmodern culture, postmodern spirituality is simply this. We're on a journey. We're on a journey to find God, but not only are we on a journey, God is a journey according to postmodern spirituality. God is a journey. God's not a person. God is a, a, a journey. The, the journey is the metaphor for God. Uh, but in reality, we know from the Bible that God is personal. God is holy God, and I mean holy. He is other than us. He is holy he is far different than we could ask or, or that we would imagine. Uh, and God is God no matter what we think. Do you know that? God is still God no matter what we think. Uh, God created us in his image. And all too often on this earth, we've returned the favor to God by trying to create him in ours. It doesn't work. Can the created create the creator? It does not work. No matter what we think, we don't change who God is. It's as simple as that. And here's what scripture says. I want to be so clear. John 14, verse 6 and 7, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how he could be any clearer. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. No other name. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, 4, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not from yourself. Grace, God's gift of forgiveness through Christ. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Works won't save you. Some people think if I do a bunch of good stuff in my life, that'll save me. You know, Jesus definitely tells us to do a bunch of good stuff. But the good stuff is a result of the fact that he has saved us. Uh, works can't save you. Religion can't save you. It can't. As much as it pains me to say, church membership can't save you. I wish everybody would join the church, but it can't. I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Church membership can't save you, you know. If, if you uh, believe in God's word, as I do, there really is only one way. I am the way and the truth and the life only one way. I believe, I believe this. If there were multiple ways to get to heaven, I want you to think about this. If there were multiple ways to get to heaven, 
Why in the world would God have had to send his son to put him through what he put him through if there was any other way? Don't you think he would have taken it? <laughs> if there was any other way. You know, this, this series has been really important to me for, for a very simple reason. If we really, really believed there was such a place as heaven and hell, our lives would be different. If we really, really believed the urgency of our life would be different. If we really believed. Years ago, I was at the deathbed of, of a man that I knew for a long time. I, I knew him uh, when we first moved to Michigan. His mother was our children's babysitter. She was 80 at the time. <laughs> we had teenage babysitters we paid, but she fired them, okay? She came over and fired them. These are my children, she said. <sighs> and the man was her son, and I knew him in that period. Then we moved up north, and then we moved back to this area, and I became the pastor of his church. This guy loved God. When he was in his late 70s, Mama was still alive. He got he got uh, a lung disease. It was really it was really bad. And and he he suffered through it gracefully. And finally, that day came, and he's on his deathbed, and he's laying in his bed, and he got the strength of Atlas all at once. And his five daughters were around the bed as were the grandkids and he looked at each one and he said first he said Kathy are you ready I've got to know <laughs> Julie are you ready gotta know and he went around the room I've got to he knew there was a place he wanted to make sure they were ready that's the kind of urgency we all need. That's why this matters. We need to be helping other people get there. We would live our life differently with that kind of urgency, wouldn't we? Why don't I pray for you a minute? Let's do that. God, we, we wonder about such things as heaven and hell and it's because all we can see is this life that we have right now on this earth and, and so we make this earth our treasure your word says so clearly that if we delight ourselves in you in you you'll give us the desires of our heart you want to be our treasure you want to be our all sufficiency you want to meet all of our needs God, I just ask that you would help those of us who are here who, who've been wondering really about Jesus and church and a path to you. God, help them to understand that you are the way and the truth and the life. If you're in that boat, all you have to do is say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. I want to make you Lord. I want to put you in charge. 
I acknowledge you are God and I am not. I want to put you in charge. Please forgive me. Wash me from the junk. If you've been a Christian for a long time and you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, yeah, I've been a Christian, but I've been pretty quiet about it. And you want to be different. God, I just ask that you'd help each of us to start over and give us an urgency. Help us treasure things from above. Forgive us, Lord, for our lack of a willingness to share. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.